Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of Crystal, Kyle, and Friends. There is no friend today. It is Crystal <laughs> and Kyle, and it is our debate breakdown. I believe Doug Burgum is our friend today. Ace Hodginson, too. Yes. All the top-tier candidates, I would say. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, first of all, before we even get started, let me just say, I am shot. Because I watched the whole debate and live-tweeted it. And then I had to re-watch it to get my, like, timestamps for the clips to show everybody. Yes. And this is actually a tradition for all the debates the whole time I've been doing YouTube, I watched the debates twice. So I consider myself the foremost expert on the debates, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I get the final say, my opinion's number one, because I watched it more than anybody in the world. Nobody in the world watched yeah, it but, twice except me. But, <laughs> but um, the counterpoint to that is that, yeah, no one else watched the debate that way. So, like, you're not getting the true experience of the average consumer of the debate if you, like, watch it again and take notes. It's more true to the experience that the average voter has if you just like watch it once, sort of half distracted, let it wash over you and see who, shake it up and see who you think came out on top. Not buying it. I'm the expert. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> more information is not worse. More information is better. Anyway, so uh, I'm shot. I'm, I'm hopped up on caffeine and it's already wearing off. I'll say, I'll say that much. Your commitment to the craft is commendable, babe. I'm trying. I'm trying. So, by the way, before we actually get into it, everybody do us a big favor. This is a special edition of Crystal Kyle and Friends. This is not in any way, shape, or form going to be paywalled. Everybody's going to get to see all the clips from this episode. But it's not like this every week. And if you guys aren't signed up on Substack, you're missing a lot of great stuff every week. So if you sign up on Substack for $5 a month, you get the video of every interview, which is what we usually do, or debate, which is what we usually do. Um, and you get it a day early. And everybody else can sign up for free on Substack and get the free audio version as a podcast a day later, usually on Saturdays. But like I said, today's a special day. No paywall. It's all just me and you doing the debate breakdown. We got some phenomenal clips for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's going to be probably a decent amount of disagreement today, too. Yeah, we didn't have the same take on the yeah. debate at all. No, we were we arguing not. about it in real time. And then you were continuing to argue in your head after I went to sleep and you watched it again. So... <laughs> Um, and also, I do mm. want to say preview for next week. We've got a really interesting guest on Sora Bamari, who is a Another like yeah. right wing populist, but his economics are basically like social Democrat. Um, he just wrote a book. We had him on breaking points and there were like some little points of disagreement that I wanted to fully flesh out with Kyle as well. So that'll be a really good one. So make sure you guys sign up so you can get that first in, in complete form. I would be shocked if that didn't turn into a debate. Oh, it, it's definitely going to yeah, be a debate. Because I'm not buying the right-wing populist thing. It's like, how are you voting? Like, what really, what lines are you voting? If you're voting on the social issues, don't tell me you're populist and that you prioritize economics. But anyway, that's another conversation for another day. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. It'll be good. All right. So uh, first, let's do our general debate break, debate breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> Winners, losers, however you want to categorize it. The first few things I'll say is the debate opened up. Fox News hosted it. Mm. It opened up with them playing that song, Rich Men North of Richmond. And I thought that was the cringest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Like, talk about trying to wave ride. Like, oh, wow, this thing has been number one on iTunes for like two minutes. And all of a sudden, every, since it's like political, mm -hmm. you're like, what do you... Is this man right? I don't even know what the question was that they asked. Just right. Like they want an excuse to play the stupid video. Well, and it wasn't just that. That was like the eighth element in a question that took yeah. like five minutes to build up. That ultimately amounted to this very like softball, like Bidenomics, am I right? Um, I thought their answers also were kind of revealing of the current state of the Republican Party because any 
previous thought that there was going to be some break with economic orthodoxy or to your point about like the populist right on economics, every single one of them just sounded like Paul Ryan, so like the, first... the debt, the debt and the debt. And there were just all the points of disagreement were on who would be better at like cutting the debt. So it was a real throwback on. And that was that was most of the economic section was around that first question. It was all just like deficit fear mongering. Yeah, basically the first three candidates who said anything, the first three answers, it was big government bad. Uh, government spending too much money, and oh my God, the debt, oh my God, the debt. In fact, the first hit on Trump was Haley saying, Trump has added $8 trillion to the debt. Right. So, like, again, watching that, you're like, are we in 2012? Are we in 2008? Are we in 2004? Are we in 2010? It's like totally, totally not getting the moment in terms of the, the mood of the country. Like, this is just stupid GOP orthodoxy. They only asked one real question, in my opinion, all night. And it was the it was the climate change one mm. where they brought in some young kid from some Republican organization. And he yeah. was like, you know, this is a big issue for our generation. What say you? And what we have the video of that later on. We can get to that. But that was like the only good question, I think, in my opinion. Um, and to I me, mean, they had to ask some Trump questions. And I, I do think even though, you know, I'm more interested in the policy, I do think because so much of the Republican Party is defined by how they feel about Donald Trump and how sycophantic they're willing to be towards Donald Trump. I think, you know, having like you have to ask those questions and get people to display where they are on the yes, Trump, no Trump sort of Trump spectrum. Yeah, I agree. I guess the point I'm making is the one real substantive policy question was more on climate change. And then yeah. that was like everything else was Which I ended felt up being done. revealing. And that'll be interesting. To very, very revealing. Yeah. And again, we'll show that video a little later. Um, but on, OK, overall, though, the big winner of the night, Democrats. Because I walked away going, holy cow, these people are out of their mind. <laughs> out of every one, every one of them. It's like there was no like you, you return to one person and go, ah, I think they're the most reasonable as somebody on the left. I mean, yeah. maybe you could say Christie for at least trying to fight a little bit on, hey, 91 criminal charges is kind of a bad thing. Like, <laughs> but even he sometimes sort of like soft pedaled it a touch. He so did. I, honestly, I think the big win of the night is Democrats. Uh, here's what was not mentioned. And this is one of the reasons why I say the big winner of the night was Democrats. Minimum wage, not mentioned. Healthcare, not mentioned. Corruption, not mentioned. Poverty, not mentioned. Social security, not mentioned. Unions, not mentioned other than to call them, and I'm not kidding about this, the biggest problem in the country today. Is it? And wasn't that Chris Christie? That was Chris said, Christie yeah. who said that. But <laughs> Mr. also, Mr. Vivek, Mr. Resistance Liberal. Vivek took a bunch of shots at, at uh, unions as well. So, like, all those, th these are, like, some of the most important things. Right. And they weren't answered. Climate change was mentioned, but only in the context of most of them being like, bah! Yeah. You know? Right. The the best they could say is like, well, I think it's real, but I don't actually want to do anything about it. That was like the best of the answers among them. No, I mean, I have a visceral like revulsion towards almost all of them on the stage. And, and, you know, obviously the person who got the most attention, who was taking the most incoming, who had the like feistiest vibe was Vivek Ramaswamy. I think he's going to go up in the polls. I think you have to say he was a winner from the night. But to your point, I mean, he takes a lot of positions that are just absolutely abhorrent to the American people. I mean, there were he and Ron DeSantis, a bunch of them are in favor of invading Mexico. Right. And, oh, that was a standard talking point. Right. They, they virtually they all were like, absolutely. Yeah. So there's that. I do think the climate change denialism is a real problem, especially with young voters, and especially in terms of the future. I mean, even a majority I was just looking at the polling, even a majority of young Republicans 
think that climate change is a real problem. So the fact that the Republican Party is so adamantly against it and the biggest energy in the Republican Party is around like the Vivek line of the, you know, climate change hoax, et cetera. I think that's a real problem for them. Obviously, the fact that they're they're a mess on Trump and January 6th, Chris Christie and Asa Hutchinson, even walking out on stage, they both got booed because of their opposition to Trump and desire to move beyond Trump. So it shows you again, like that's going to continue to be an issue in terms of, you know, moving beyond him in terms of appealing to normal uh, Americans. Obviously, the abortion part is a real problem for Republicans as well. So um, but with Vivek specifically, I mean, he takes all sorts of very extreme positions that I think are going to help him in terms of a Republican primary. And if he was the nominee, which I think is very, very low likelihood, unless something happens to Trump or he's in prison or whatever, um, if he were to be the nominee, it'd be a huge problem for him in a general election, all kinds of things that he said. So coming into the debate, I predicted that top tier people who were most likely to do well, I said, I think it's Pence and Christie. Uh, I think now having watched the debate twice, both of them gave a mid performance. Yeah. So I'll give you my, my overall breakdown okay. here and then you can respond to it. So, sure. uh, right off the bat, uh, the people who I think did the best in my opinion, maybe that's a little bit of a different answer than who won the debate. If you want to define it as who went up in the polls, but in my opinion, the people who did the best, I actually think Ron DeSantis did the best and Nikki Haley really surprised me. Cause I mean, the bar was under the basement for her, in my opinion. She mm -hmm. has zero charisma. I thought there's no way. No, it turned out she actually delivered what I thought was a pretty feisty performance, pretty aggressive performance. I think she walked the line well between being a psycho far right winger and also moderating herself just enough to give herself a prayer if she were to somehow magically get to a general election. Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest losers, not even a conversation. Asa Hutchinson was asleep. Doug Burgum was asleep. Asa's eye popped in the middle of the debate where it was bloodshot red. Uh, Burgum was high as balls on Percocet the entire night because he had just torn his Achilles and you could kind of tell homie whipped out his pocket constitution. He didn't know where he was. I actually so, thought the pocket constitution was his best moment. You thought it was charming? Well, it's kind of charming. It was, it was just like, yeah, they're adorable. Look, they're adorable. They, they <laughs> lost miserably. Very 1990s. They know? lost miserably, but they are adorable. They're living in 1989 <laughs> I, <laughs> and they think like, if I say I'm principled in favor of small government when asked about abortion, then people will like that. Yeah. It's I, like, I probably hated them the least of everybody. Yeah, just, they're just adorable grandpas. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, they're in way over their heads. Let's be serious. They're in way over. I mean, these all these people are, but they're definitely in way over their heads. Yeah. So anyway, my full breakdown, Ramaswamy, I think he is going to get a big bump in the polls. So I agree with you on that. Yeah. But I, in my opinion, everybody's really high on him right now. I'm not as high on him because he came out really hard and aggressive and did well for the first half of the debate. But then the second half of the debate, I really think that he got put in his place. I really think he fell off hard. I think a lot of the counterattacks in the second half of the debate landed on him. Chris Christie landed a good line on him about chat GPT that the audience re reacted to. I think he lost that Ukraine debate easily. He was booed when he took said that the climate change agenda is a hoax. So, yes, he, he got the most attention and there was the most noise around him. And I think he is going to go up in the polls. But I think that's largely fake support. I think all the people who were liking Vivek in that night are actually going to vote for Trump because his whole thing was, I'm going to burrow myself inside Trump's anus. Well, and this is where it depends on how you're looking at this debate. I mean, if you're looking at it from the standpoint of like, who's got a shot to win the Republican nomination? The answer is like, Trump's the big winner because none of these people are likely to directly supplant him. I think the only lane to pursue is to be the top Trump alternative so that if he ends up in prison or something else happens that pushes him out of the race, you are the number one choice. 
And from that perspective, I don't think there's any doubt that Vivek did the most for himself in terms of positioning himself to be the top Trump alternative. And, you know, I think it's gross the amount of Trump ass kissing that he does, which, by the way, is new. He's shifted very much in terms of how he talks about and feels about Trump. But he recognized this is the lane that you should occupy to give yourself the best shot to be the standby candidate in case something happens to Trump. And so, yeah, the fact that, look, he had that, he understood the mission, he had that right, like, feisty vibes, and his fellow competitors really elevated him by going after him so much and giving him so much oxygen. This is a guy that still has very low name recognition or did in the Republican primary. So for him to come out of the gates in the first Republican presidential debate as like the focus of everyone's attention, I think is very elevating for him. And this is where we have a big disagreement. Even though I don't think Ron DeSantis had a bad debate, I thought some of his answers were like weaselly and sort of obviously like politician-y and trying to split the difference, but I thought he did fine. But the very fact that you had Vivek really stealing his thunder and even people like, I agree with you, I think Nikki Haley like vastly exceeded expectations is going to have a moment with the donor class, whatever, that you have anyone out there competing with him when he needs to totally consolidate and be the guy. I think it's a disaster for him. I think he likely goes down in the polls. And so overall, even though his performance was like fine and solid, I think he's a big loser from the night. Yeah, I could not disagree with that more. Um, he he didn't get hit once. Now, for what, whatever you want to say about how, you know, he used to be really high up in the polls and now he's come down, that's absolutely true. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, he's still a pretty solid number two in all the national polls. And nobody up there laid a glove on him. And I think that's actually a massive benefit in his favor. Again, we don't agree on Vivek because... I think he got his ass kicked the second half of the debate, and I think that that, that will I be— I don't really agree with that. I understand that, but that's going to be our core disagreement. Yeah. But to go back to DeSantis for a second, he didn't get hit once, and then every time he had some sort of line where he got a little bit of space to, to be free, he got massive crowd reaction. I mean, he hit the lockdowns and the deep state, and Fauci crowd erupted. He hit uh, Soros-funded DAs, crowd erupted. He, I think he navigated this question well when asked if Mike Pence did the right thing on January 6th. Yeah. He basically dodged it once or twice, and then finally he was like, look, I've got no beef with Mike Pence. You did the right thing. But then he immediately pivoted to, but why are we talking about this? We need to focus on the issues, and the Democrats want us to focus on this, so I'm not going to focus on this. I think he actually handled that pretty well. He said he wants to kill people at the Mexican border, which is abhorrent, but that got a big crowd reaction. He said we should invade Mexico with special forces to kill the drug cartels. Big reaction. So yeah. when I look at DeSantis, I saw a guy who was like put together, confident, got his his stuff out, and then nobody laid a glove on him. Yeah, but nobody laid a glove on like Asa Hutchinson either. See, Why? Because I totally he was irrelevant. That comparison. So, I don't think DeSantis was irrelevant. You do. I don't thing. think he was. But here's the thing. This was after the midterm. This was the guy. And there were polls that. that had him that. beating Trump. I know that. And so this, was, that. <laughs> this was his moment to try to reclaim his spot as the top Trump alternative. I think he did. He didn't come anywhere close to I that. Disagree. I really believe that Vivek will now consistently pull ahead of him in terms of being uh, number two to Trump in quite a number of polls. But I I'll give you an example of how you and I saw it very differently because um, that answer on uh, Trump and on Mike Pence specifically that you thought was really 
clever of him being like, oh, Mike did, I guess he tried to dodge it. And then when he couldn't dodge it, he was like, yeah, Mike did his job, but let's not talk about it. See, I didn't take that as being clever. I thought it was so weaselly and obviously politician-y. Like it was really no. clear. He didn't want to give a direct answer. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to talk about it. He tried to like get out of it. He got caught. He had to sort of like, you know, give some sort of a hand gesture away. And there were a number of issues like that where he he didn't want to really say what he thought about abortion. The six-week ban, he was very uncomfortable. To that was another one. Ukraine, same thing. He was very, like, Weasley, let me try to parse the difference. Let me pull out what my talking no, points were and try to roll them out. And so, again, listen, I think he did fine. But, you know, in some ways, Nikki Haley is as much a problem for him as Vivek Ramaswamy. Because Ron DeSantis's strength is among, I mean, one of his big strengths has been among the donor class. He had a lot of money backing him to start with, and he had the Fox News, Rupert Murdoch empire behind him. Those people have already taken a step back. They've been shopping around for potential alternatives. They were trying to make Tim Scott a thing. I don't think Tim Scott had a good debate. I don't think that he'll get a lot of juice out of any of this. But now in Nikki Haley, you have a candidate who showed some life on the stage, who has the ideological like alignment with the donor class that they will like. And so I think they're going to come out, you know, looking at her and giving her more of a shot than they would going back to Ron DeSantis, who's already, you know, kind of fallen off. Okay. Yeah. So first of all, we're having two separate conversations here. On mm -hmm. the Nikki Haley point, I agree with you. She punched way above her weight. She did a much better job. I mm -hmm. think she's going to get an influx of donor money. But to the previous question of did DeSantis have a good night? Here's why I think he had a good night. Everything I mentioned already, plus... On stage, there were very clear lines. Here's the total Trump sycophant, ball coddler, beta cucks. Mm -hmm. And then here's the Trump haters. In the Trump hater column, it was Asa and Christie. In the other column, it was everybody else on that stage to varying degrees. Yeah. I think he was the only one who did an effective job being like, I'm not a total beta sycophant cuck, but I also don't despise the guy. And I think that's the proper lane. It's what he should have been doing originally from the beginning. Granted, it's a very hard line to walk. I think he walked it effectively last night. Now, by the way, to, uh, to put a, a button in this conversation, mm -hmm. there's one poll that we've seen so far. Yeah. Who's at the top? Vivek. And? Second one's Ron DeSantis. So basically, we're both right here. Now, I, I'm not denying that uh, Vivek's numbers are going to go up, but that's also because he was relatively unknown, and now he's going to go up for, for coddling Trump the most. And I just yeah. feel like... When your strategy is, I'm going to be incredibly beta, like, what are you really doing? You're you're really trying to be VP. You're really trying to be in the, the administration. And I think that that is, I, I just view him as the Republican version of Pete Buttigieg. That's how I view him. And so that's why I'm hostile to him. I think he also comes across, but you were saying DeSantis Pete, comes across politician -y. I think Vivek comes across super politician -y. Pete, though, what did he end up as? He ended up as like the top Biden alternative in that lane. And that's exactly what Vivek is aiming for. It, Vivek does not have a plan to supplant Trump, right? I agree, yeah. That, and that's my criticism Ron of him, DeSantis deluded himself into thinking maybe he could directly take on Trump and supplant him. I don't think that that is feasible. I don't think it's possible. I think their best strategy is unfortunately, disgustingly, to coddle Trump's balls, as you put yeah, it. Yeah, see, I don't agree. And that when you have a Republican base that still really likes Donald Trump, still has total affection for him, still thinks he won the election, what Gotta they see the dynamic, what man. they see as beta is when you are like, you know, talking about January 6th the way Chris Christie does, right? That's what they see as beta. They see that as like cucking yourself to the liberals or the mainstream media. They see the way that Vivek 
positioned himself with these like divisive, unapologetic stances as being very dominant, very no, alpha. It's embarrassing. Look, 91 so, criminal charges. That's not something you could just brush I mean, aside listen, like Republican primary voters are trying to do. You and I think that, but I we're know. not Republican primary voters. And they that. have a very different view of what these things. What about independents? So, what about moderates? What about center right people? You're talking about something about different. We are talking about the general general election, right? Yeah, and the people who are never Trump, they're going to love Chris Christie, and it's like freaking 6% of the vote, and he's already got Listen, him locked up. I don't think the copycat <laughs> energy, uh, and this is a bold statement, but I don't think the copycat energy will ever work, ever. Like, that's my my beef with it, is that in the same way that, like, Beto O'Rourke was trying to copy Barack Obama in the Democratic primary, it's like, you flamed out like a loser because you're a loser, yeah, but and to, I get that from Vivek. But to I use get that the from Pete Vivek. analogy again, like, where is Pete? Pete's in the administration. And Pete I, is no, still no, positioning wait, himself like he's going to run like for president. Argument, but I agree. This you're is right. kind of my point about Vivek, yeah, so, which is weak beta cuck shit. Yeah, but that positions him like he's still in the game. Pete got what he wanted, right? I mean, sure, he he's wants to ultimately— second fiddle ultimately wants to be president of the United States, but he is still in position of power. He kept himself like the Democratic base loves him, et cetera, et cetera. So again, do I think any of these dudes are going to end up being president of the United States? No. Do I think they're going to be able to defeat Donald Trump? No. In terms of positioning themselves in the best possible way to either be the runner up if Trump whatever happens or to have a media role or an administration role in a you know future Republican or Trump administration, yeah, I think Vivek did the most benefit for himself in that. Um, so Pence was, I think, way more aggressive than I expected yeah. and way more high energy than I expected. Same. But also, he still had those moments of being super duper religious. He also had those moments of being a really weaselly sounding politician. And, you know, my biggest knock on him, he was better energy than I expected, right? But my biggest knock on him is that there was a moment where he seemed like he was having an identity crisis live on stage, where he was talking about January 6th and what he did on January 6th. And it was very like, it's almost like he was trying to convince himself as well, along with the crowd, that like, I did the right thing. I, I followed my duty with the constitution. And like, there was even a moment when the moderators tried to get away from him on that. And he's like, can I speak on that? Mm -hmm. It was very like, you know, like really just thirsty, needy energy and it seemed like it wasn't it was just it was just an odd thing but having said that he performed a little better than i expected yeah just, look just to give the overall breakdown mm -hmm. i think vivek's gonna go up a little bit in the polls yeah i think bergam and asa are gonna go they're at like 0.2 they're gonna go down to zero <laughs> uh, or negative eight um pence i think he's just gonna stay the same i don't think it affected him one way or the other yeah um nikki haley i think is gonna go up a little bit same. i think tim scott is gonna go down a little bit same I actually think this one might be a point of disagreement. I think Christie is going to go up a little bit in New Hampshire and the northeastern states uh, because there's more moderate Republicans in those areas. And they've already there was already a poll with Christie in second place in New Hampshire. And so I think that he stuck true to what his lane is. I think he'll actually gain a little bit of support in some northeastern states. I, I don't think he had a good outing, though. Like, I, I don't think he I think it was mediocre. I mean, I, I think that uh, it was hard because he's against everybody and the audience. And so no, almost like no matter what he does, it's going to look like he's doing bad. But he had some lines that landed the chat GPT line on Vivek. He had some other moments. I agree with you. It wasn't a great performance, he... but it was mediocre and enough for him to go up a little bit in those northeastern states. You know, states. I was excited to see Chris Christie. Me too. Doing... I 
he would freak it, but he didn't freak it, but and it was he mediocre. It, I, was I mean, he bad. felt hesitant at the beginning. Vivek successfully sort of like threw him off his game at a couple of points. And um, he made what I consider to be a kind of tactical error when he said um, that when they started booing him, the crowd started booing him. And he said, like, one of the great things about being an American is you're allowed to boo, but it doesn't change the truth. Yeah, I thought that was a good but line. It was a good line. But then it gave every permission to just boo him all the time, which is what they did. And like every response after that. So um, even, you know, the the little bit of like CNN analysis or whatever that I saw, I, I was expecting them to be over the moon with Chris Christie when I was going into the debate before I saw the debate. But even they didn't find a lot that they could like fall in love with there. So I just don't think it really changes the polls for him. I think he's already got the like super hardcore anti-Trump vote well, locked up. Listen, so I, I kind of like, think it's going to be the same. We thought that was like 3% beforehand and he already surged to nine percent in new hampshire and some polls number two so my point is i think he's going to gain a couple points as a result of this but only Maybe in particular I really regions i mean i think i don't think he has a prayer in in you know a lot of southern states for example but i yeah. think in that northeast region he might get a little bit of uh, a little bit of a bump and the final one i have here is and this is probably our biggest disagreement i think desantis is going to go up I think he's going to go up. So in other words, at the end of the day, the three biggest winners in terms of polling, I do think it'll be Vivek, even though I think he's more of a flash in the pan. I think Nikki Haley and I think um, DeSantis and everybody else was either mid or you had, like I said, Asa and Burgum. They're Where do you, what do you think happens with Trump's numbers? Um, I do think he'll, it'll be chipped away three, four or 5%, something like that. Minuscule. Like, I don't think it actually makes a difference in terms of the race mm -hmm. functionally, but I do think that, you know, it was a mistake for him not to go to the debate because he is the show. He's the show guy. And you just turned the show over to all these other people. Yeah. And people weren't talking about, I know you did your interview with Tucker. Who cares? Like right. we're doing the People want to watch the debate. They watch the debate. They'll lie about the twelve. Oh, 80 trillion people watch it or whatever. Nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. Yeah. And I mean, your fake numbers really don't make a difference. And even being on Twitter, I didn't see that. Like the clips weren't floating around that much. There was nothing that I was expecting. I mean, Trump is great at like, you know, producing a show. And he really didn't. He didn't say anything that was that interesting. Right. It was mm -hmm. kind of low energy. I had one line about Kamala that was like kind of funny. He dodged on Epstein. There was just not a lot there to get to feel any kind of way about. And Twitter is such a niche platform that you're putting yourself out of the mainstream. The fact that you chose to do it with Tucker means Fox News is not going to say a word about it. Like they're not going to mm -hmm. play a single right. word of mm -hmm. the whole thing. And they continue to be the largest conservative news outlet. So you sort of intentionally ghettoized yourself yep. outside of the mainstream conservative discussion. Look, again, I think he's going to be the nominee. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. But he did open a space for Republicans to imagine a party that doesn't have Donald Trump in the front. Yes. And yes. that's a that is a dangerous thing. And look, there's a thousand headlines about Vivek Ramaswamy this morning and no talk about Trump. And I'm sure that has to drive him crazy because he wants to be the center of the show. So I wonder if this will persuade him to do the next debate because he doesn't like sharing the spotlight. And in that way, this was not good for him. Yeah. And by the way, the debate, even though I think they're all psychos, it was yeah. fun. There was a lot of fighting. There was, you know, Pence and Vivek were going at it and going at yeah. it aggressively. And then you had Christie and Vivek and Haley and Vivek and it was there was a lot of like energy to it and life to it, even though yeah, they were there saying was. crazy things. So yeah. and that was good entertainment. Trump and he was also on Newsmax recently talking to Eric Bowling and he did some interview. I think it was on Fox News with some other host. And he was like complaining like, you know, it wasn't friendly. It wasn't nice. Nobody was smiling. Nobody was being good. Nobody was being kind to me. I didn't like it. but They weren't kind to me. And it's like that's actually a huge flaw of Trump. 
Like, when he does get in the mud and do the fighting, that's when it's like, oh, Trump's doing his thing. But, like, he actually doesn't want that. He doesn't want the confrontation. Mm -hmm. and I think that hurts him. And there's a perfect example of it here. He'd rather sit and play patty cakes with Tucker Carlson while everybody else is having fun debating, and it's actually interesting. And I yeah. think that hurts. Again, I don't think it matters that much, but I do think it, uh, it was a, the wrong move. And, by the way, just final point on that. I think it should be a law that these idiots have to debate. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's Biden should have to debate Marianne and RFK. Yeah. And, and Trump should have to debate all these clowns on his side because the idea, oh, I'm going for the number one job interview in the world, the most powerful position on the planet. And I'm not, I don't want to do the job interview. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Who cares what you want? Like, do you, if you're going to get the job, you should have to, you know, prove your mettle. Granted, a debate format is not everything, but it's something. Let me see it. Yeah. Um, the, that same poll that we referenced before from JL Partners and Daily Mail also asked a question about, like, do you think Trump made the right call on not going to the debate? And this was just among Republican primary voters. And it was like 70 some percent were like, yes, we think he made the right call. But um, I will say, I mean, part of what people loved about Trump and, you know, have continued to love about Trump among the people that still love him is that he typically doesn't really feel like he's trying to calculate and trying to win. You know what I mean? Like he says the thing you're not really supposed to say. He does the thing he's not really supposed to do, et cetera, et cetera. This feels like a very calculated politician-y move in a way that is anathema to some of his image. Like I'm going to make this like me. tactical strategic consideration for safety and to, and to play a prevent defense rather than going out there and smacking people around the way that the base really wants to see. To your point, by the way, Trump pulled his own audience at one of his rallies and asked if he should do the debate and yeah. the room exploded and they wanted him to do the debate. Okay. Yeah. But also, and if he were to go hundred percent of them would be like, of course you should go. So yeah. I'm not that, I, I, that, uh, that means nothing effectively, but here's the thing to me. It, he, I think it's weak. I think it looks weak because uh, just imagine this, because back in 2015, 2016, this happened also. Megyn Kelly hosted one of the debates. Trump felt like Megyn Kelly's very unfair to me, very unkind. I don't like it. I'm not going to do the next Fox debate. Mm. And he didn't. And he did some scam fake fundraiser for veterans, which, by the way, all that money went missing. And this became a whole big <laughs> thing. Right. But like, Classic. but what was amazing to me in the moment is that even though this was clearly, he's telling you this is coming from weakness. I don't want tough questions from Megyn Kelly. His own followers tried to spin it like it was macho. It was like, this is the opposite of macho. Imagine Joe Biden mm -hmm. was like, the moderator's too mean. I don't, I'm not going to do the debate. They're too mean to me. Everybody be like, you little bitch. Right. Like this, that's the weakest thing I've ever heard. Trump does that in this instance. It's, oh, I don't want to, these people are not serious. They're clowns. I don't want to talk to any of them. And it's like, no, you're just trying to protect your 45 or 50 point lead or whatever you have. And so that it, it is weak. It's weak. You're playing prevent defense and you don't want to get exposed, even though all he would have to do is show up on the stage and fart and he'd win by 40 points. Because no matter what he does, according to the last couple times he ran, he wins the debates. I think he might show up for some of the later ones. I hope he does. Because I, like he I said. He's the headlines. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's about Vivek. Nobody's talking about my stupid Tucker interview. Exactly. Yeah. And I do think it was a real, un even the plot, like he could have made a different decision. He could have given a different interview that at least would have given him some juice. But the interview with Tucker, I mean, effectively, I think fell flat had very little life to it, is getting very little coverage, even among like liberal outlets that you would think would find something to like really hate. There was, the headlines were pretty yeah. weak. So I think there's a decent chance that he looks at this state of affairs and is like, nah, I'm going to the next yeah. one.
I hope so. But having said that, now I want to hop into uh, some of the videos here. So okay. first, there's a whole bunch of like juicy back and forth things, a whole bunch of moments where it's like, oh my God, do they really, do they really believe that? So first I want to start with, uh, and this was evident from early on in the debate, uh, Pence really going for the jugular against Vivek, probably because he feels like this idiot's out polling me. What the hell? I'm the yeah. vice president, right? Yeah. So he aggressively went after him. Take a look. This isn't that complicated, guys. Unlock American energy, drill, frack, burn coal, embrace nuclear. Put people back to work by no longer paying them more to stay at home. Reform the U.S. Fed, stabilize the U.S. dollar, and go to war. The only war that I will declare as U.S. president will be the war on the federal administrative state that is the source of those toxic regulations acting like a wet blanket on the economy. So I'm not sure I exactly understood Mike Pence's comment, but I'll let you all parse that out. For me, it's pretty simple. That's something a U.S. president can do with focus, and I'll deliver on well, it. Well, let me explain it to you. Let me explain it to you, if I can. I'll go slower this time. I, you know, I, I sometimes struggle with the reading comprehension. Look, I was, uh, right I was a House conservative <laughs> leader before it was cool. I actually pushed a deficit reduction act that was the last time we actually reduced the national debt in the United States when I was the leader of House conservatives. I balanced budgets and cut taxes when I was governor. I mean, look, Joe Biden has weakened this country at home and abroad. Now is not the time for on-the-job training. We don't need to bring in a rookie. We don't need to bring in people without experience. We need to bring people. I just want to respond to Mike for one second because he invoked me back. Listen, now that everybody's gotten their memorized, pre-prepared slogans out of the way, we can actually have a real discussion now. The, the, the reality and the fact of the matter is... Was that one of yours? Uh, not, not really, Mike, actually. We're just going to have some fun tonight. And the reality is you have a bunch of people, professional politicians, super PAC puppets, following slogans handed over to them by their 400-page super PACs last week. The real choice we face in this primary is this. Do you want a super PAC puppet or do you want a patriot who speaks the truth? Do you want incremental reform, which is what you're hearing about, or do you want revolution? Okay. And I stand on the side of the American the revolution. We're going to take control back here. Damn. So a uh, couple things there. Pence was the aggressor against Vivek. Mm -hmm. It was very clear internally him and his staffers were like, you got to, I mean, this guy's out polling you. He's a nobody. This is embarrassing. Yeah. So he went in there with a mission. Oh, yeah. It's to go after Vivek. He did it continuously throughout almost the entire debate. And then later on, others jumped in. Yep. And I actually think Pence was one of the worst at getting blows in against Vivek that landed. I, I think Haley did a better job. Even yeah. that one line from Christie, I think, did a better job, I which agree. we'll get to that one in a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the most contentious parts is Pence saying, oh, I'll go slower this time to explain to you what I was saying. And then uh, he also said, uh, we don't need to bring in a rookie. Right. Talk or on him. the job training. Which, look, I get what he's going for, but it's condescending. And I think the general mood in the country is like, we prefer outsiders to insiders because insiders got us in this mess in the first place. So I don't think the whole like, well, I have experience thing. I don't think that's compelling I in the agree. same. I mean, I said the same thing back when it was Hillary versus Trump. I was she does the whole like I have experience, and it's like, yeah, and what has that gotten us? Right, experience us NAFTA, Iraq, the overthrowing of Libya, which right. led to slave markets, like outsourcing. It got us all these terrible things, and so. I think Vivek, I think, won the best in this exchange. Um, it, the, his two great parts were, you know, uh, this guy's up here with his pre-planned slogans. Uh, I don't have those. And then he goes to, uh, uh, these are professional politicians. They're super PAC puppets. 
And then there's, there's another point in the debate, too, where he basically just says, I'm the only one up here that's not bought and paid for. Yeah. It's amazing. He's stealing from Trump's greatest hits in 2016. Yeah. But also in his intro comments, he stole from Obama, the tall, skinny kid with the weird name or whatever yeah. he said. Mm -hmm. So he's like mixing Obama and, and Trump and delivering it in this package. And he, I think uh, in this exchange, he definitely has his finger on the pulse, the sentiment of the country way better than Pence does. The sentiment certainly of the Republican base, but I agree with you of the country because I even think like that, you know, experience, I'm the experienced one and this person doesn't have the resume credentials. I actually think that would sell more in a Democratic primary right, because yeah, they're, true. you know, more conditioned to be like, we need to check the box. Were you a governor? Were you a senator? Whatever. What does the media tell me is the right thing in terms of the resume? So I think it would sell more in a Democratic primary, even though I think it's kind of weak there, too. In a Republican primary, these are the people who are still in love with Donald Trump. It came out of nowhere. He was it was the same thing. Oh, you're, you don't have an experience in elected office like they didn't care. And they certainly don't care now. So I, I thought that was the weakest possible attack <laughs> that you yeah. can make against Vivek was that particular one, because there are other things to work with. I was surprised that they didn't call him out more on the fact that he used to be a lot more critical of Trump before he decided um, that this is Christie did, but it was quick. It he was, attempted. I read your book and you said a totally different thing about Yeah, but he didn't then. have the specifics. He didn't have yeah. the receipts. And so Vivek can just go, no, I didn't. Right. And yeah. that was it, you yeah. know? So mm -hmm. I, I really thought they do better job with that. There's some Soros connection they could have thrown out. I mean, there were a number of yeah, other- Yeah, didn't bring that up is actually like, what are what are your oppo researchers doing? Cause that's a layup. He took a lot of money from Soros. Right. Like the number one boogeyman. But already. I think for a lot of people and maybe especially a lot of Republicans, the fact that you haven't been part of the swamp, like making these horrible decisions over decades and decades. They're not like, oh, that's too bad. They're like, that's actually a selling point for you. And Vivek is able to use the reason why he's able to say that, like, oh, I'm not bought and paid for. It's very similar to Trump. I mean, this was Trump's argument is basically like I'm independently wealthy, so I don't need these people. I don't need these donor checks. Vivek has written multi-million dollar checks to his own campaign, funded his own campaign. And so he is in a similar position to Trump in that way of being like the wealthy outsider businessman who can use that same talking point about, I understand the game. These people are bought and paid for. I'm the only honest representative. Yeah, this was part of the first part. This was like the first half of the debate. And in the first half of the debate, I think he did really well. Um, again, in the second half, we have disagreements. I think he sort of fell off a little bit. But by the way, Pence's response here was basically like, um, Oh, we just need a government as good as the American people. The problem is the government, not the people. And, mm. and you know, Vivek fired back basically saying, like, actually, it's sort of a hellscape out there and people are struggling and you don't even realize that. Yeah, we don't need your, like, you know, shining city on the hill speech, yeah. which is kind of ironic, too, because later on, uh, Vivek goes to, on to suck off Ronald Reagan, which is like he's the shining city on the hill guy. So, like, right. what well, are you? Are you the Reagan one or are you the Trump one? Those are very different visions. One vision is like, America's perfect as it is. And the other vision is like, this country's a mess. It's falling apart. The airports are shit. Everything's shit. It's terrible. Yeah. And Vivek mostly picked up the American carnage vibe. And Pence, even though obviously it was Trump's vice president, I think this is more true to who he is, is the like, yeah, the optimistic morning in America, Ronald Reagan throwback thing. I mean, uh, I haven't said a lot about Pence outside of this exchange. He did in he was more forceful and commanded more attention than I expected him to in this debate. But the reason why I feel like he just sort of stays where he is is because he just occupies such a weird space. 
Yeah, you know? absolutely. You, you had said that everybody was either on the like sucking off Trump or hating Trump except DeSantis. I mean, Pence is still trying to occupy that middle ground as well. He's not doing it awfully. And, it's, <laughs> it's, not, and it's, it's way more awkward for him because you literally were there with this. You are the most like slavish of bootlickers it's to Trump crisis. for the entire time. And then you have this awkwardness between the fact that, you know, the, the car American carnage versus the Ronald Reagan vibe. I mean, that also shows that in a lot of ways, Pence's political personality, brand, and genuinely held views, I think, are at odds with Trump. It's an identity crisis. And so he's crisis. trying to, you know, defend the administration, but also he's he actually does have disagreements, at least in terms of his affect and certainly on issues like abortion, where he's incredibly hard lined. So I just think he occupies a weird space where it's hard to say, like, who is the Mike Pence voter, which is why I think even though he got the most airtime, actually, of yeah. everybody mm -hmm. there, I think it's basically a flat line. No, him. I mean, it is a literally an identity crisis. I yeah. think it is literally and, and you see that on stage. You see the two sides of him pulling him in one direction and then the other direction. And you see it in real time. I will say, though, about Vivek, which is why I'm not as hot on him as many others, is that I think Trump in 2015 and 2016 really put it all together in terms of, you know, calling all these other people are corrupt, I'm self-funding, yeah. I'm not corrupt. And he's he's trying to do that here. But what Trump was able to marry that with, which made it work better, was Trump also would say, I'm not going to cut your Social Security, I'm not going to cut your Medicare, I'm not going to outsource your jobs. NAFTA was the worst trade deal of all time. And Vivek, that piece is not there at all for Vivek. Yeah. So with him, it's more just virtue signaling of trying to sound like Trump a little bit yeah. without even following through on the bare minimum, even rhetorical populist things that Trump's old school Trump said. All of that was absent from that debate. I All mean, to the extent that there's why I'm like, these people are psychos. Yeah. I mean, there were there were genuine disagreements over, in particular, abortion, Ukraine and Trump. Correct. Right. That's yep. where there mm -hmm. were genuine disagreements amongst the field on the stage. But the, on the economics, I mean, there were no real disputes there. Unanimous. So, so the, the Trumpian economics have been, you know, from the rest of the field, completely erased. There was no talk of trade. I mean, there was a little bit about China. Right. I guess you could say but that's more like hawkish sounding stuff. It's not exactly. But there's stuff. nothing about Social Security, nothing about, you know, this the sort of the wages, the way that Trump talked about economic issues. That was all uh, a race. There was no discussion of health care. That was something else that Trump talked about. Yeah, on they the don't campaign get, trail. They don't get the full Trump picture. You know what I mean? They don't get the full package. It's just like, well, they think little... they can just do the culture war without also having any sort of like non towards popular. Can't do it. Yeah, can't do it. You just look incredibly out of touch. All right. So now let's get to the next video. This one is like, honestly, it's like a three for one or a four for one. This is packed in a pretty short time frame here. This is okay. like packed with a bunch of amazing moments. Take a look. Polls consistently show that young people's number one issue is climate change. How will you, as both president of the United States and leader of the Republican Party, calm their fears that the Republican Party doesn't care about climate change? So we want to start on this with uh, a show of hands. Do you believe in human behavior is causing climate change? Raise your hand if you do. Look, look we're not school children. Let's have the debate. I mean, I'm happy to take it to start. <laughs> Alexander, <laughs> so do you want to raise your hand or not? I don't think that's the way to do. So let me just say to Alexander this. First of all, one of the reasons our country's decline is because of the way the corporate media treats Republicans versus Democrats. Biden was on the beach while those people were suffering. He was asked about it. He said, no comment. Are you kidding me? As somebody that's handled disasters in Florida, you got to be activated. You've got to be there. You've got to be present. You've got to be helping people who are doing this. And yeah. here's the deal. Yeah. Let's just answer the question. So, so is that a yes or is that a yes? Is that a hand raise? You do not 
I think it was a hand raise for him, and it's um, my hands are in my pockets. No, because no, no, the climate I didn't change raise, I didn't raise a hand. Let us be honest as Republicans. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change oh, whoa, agenda whoa, 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 whoa. is a oh, hoax. Oh, the climate change agenda is a hoax. And we have to declare independence for it. And the reality is, the anti-carbon agenda is the wet blanket on our economy. And so the reality is, more people are dying of bad climate change policies than they are of actual climate change. Governor, Governor, Governor Haley, are you bought the and paid for? Down by hold on, hold on. Listen, listen, listen. Hold on, hold on. I've had enough. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. And the last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, What's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama, and I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur well, standing in stage tonight. Come on, give me a hug. <laughs> give me a hug just same, like you did to Obama. The same type of amateur. And, and you'll help elect me just the, like you did to Brent, Obama, too. Brent, give me that The same hug, type of amateur. Hey, Brent, got, hold on, hold on. Hey, Governor Haley, would you like to respond? Deserves Are you so bought Brent, and paid for? What I for? would like to say is the fact that I think this is exactly why Margaret Thatcher said, if you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. First of all, we do care about clean air, clean water. We want to see that taken care of, but there's a right way to do it. Now that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> all of that was fun. I enjoyed all of that. All right. Yeah, so like pure chaos. Yeah. So let's go through. First of all, to the last point first, Nikki Haley chiming in there. The okay. crowd did eat it up. Yeah, they they listen, there's a you know, there's like a soft spot for boomer feminism, Margaret that I don't know, but I cringed like crazy when I watched I did that. Too, I laugh. You heard me yeah. laugh in real time. Like seriously, this is something Republican voters are gonna like. Yeah, the, but you oh, know a woman got stuff done. As much as they would so many of them would be, oh identity politics, etc. But when it's like their identity oh, politics, they love it. Oh, they love it. And love and it. you know she does have the unique position of she's the only woman on the stage. I do think she that served her well because it just sort of differ automatically differentiates. Do you think her. the men though because I reacted like a typical man. I reacted like I'm a, I'm a Mississippi Republican man who's 58. And I was like, ugh. Do you think that that's going to be the reaction among uh, most Republicans? Mm, I mean, because she, that was her only little feminism girl power line. So she got away with it, you think? I think she got away with by it. The way, if she was doing that every answer, people would be like, shut the fuck up. Interesting but since point. she did it once, I think she gets away with it. Interesting point. I didn't know this at the time, but these were these are young students. I didn't know that at the time. Now, oh, in the room? In the room. Mm, they're young interesting. students. So that sort of explains, which gets to, let's go back to the other point. Young now. students, and then, but then the parties always put their like top donors in the front. So I'm okay. sure there was a good chunk of donor class. Yeah, and I would expect if anybody's going to react positively to that among Republicans, it would be more young ones than it would be donors. Yeah, I, I, yeah. so it, that makes sense for yeah. the room. So I think most Republicans will more react like I did, where I was like, ugh. Like, I just found that it's like, don't do the, you know, I'm a woman, I'm a woman, I'm a woman thing. That's like, who cares? Mm -hmm. I care about your policies. Yeah. Right? So um, it, Vivek got booed when he said the climate change thing. Yeah, that was surprising to me. And I watched it a couple times to be like, are they really booing him on that? Because then at the end, when he makes this abhorrent and wrong comment that like climate change mitigation kills more people than climate change, which like go look at Psych Hawaii and everything else that's going on in the world. That got cheers. So, you know, what I found interesting about this whole exchange is, first of all, I was shocked that Fox asked this question. 
right? But you're living in an era where these extreme events are so present and the temperature of the ocean is so high and you're hitting all of these records over and over and over again that even Fox News finds it sort of like undeniable and like you have to ask a question about that. I thought that was remarkable. I thought the fact that everybody on the stage is, except basically Vivek really wanted to avoid the question. They were uncomfortable. Yeah, so and so Ron jumps in to try, because they try to do this, like, raise your hand. Only one person semi-raised their hand real quick, and that was Asa Hutchinson. So Ron jumps in to, to rescue everybody from the question of, what do about you, corporate media? Do How you about think corporate that, media? What the, what are you do you believe in human, hu, human-made climate change? He jumps in, which I thought was, oh. you know, like, it's sad, but I think it was actually, like, a clever move to short-circuit. Oh, I disagree on that one. I, I thought it was a clever move to short-circuit the question, which put everybody, including himself, in a very awkward position. But then he doesn't have the skill to pivot in a way that's not obvious. So he's like, let's have the debate. Corporate media, am I right? Which just, to me, felt so hacky and politician. It was so obvious that it was just like, I don't want to answer this question. So when Vivek chimes in and he's like, hey, I'll answer the question. I think, you know, the climate change agenda is a hoax and here's why, blah, blah, blah. Even though it was a divisive response... And even though clearly some part of the audience was not having what he was selling, that it was young people makes a lot more sense because even young Republicans believe in climate change and think we should be doing something about it. But I think even though it was a divisive answer, because he was so clear and not trying to like, I don't really want to deal with this one, I think it ultimately serves him well. So so here's my take on it, just to walk everybody through it. So they ask, you know, do you think climate change is real? Only Asa puts up his hand for like a split second and puts it down yeah. real quick, which all, all of that is in bad. It's 2023. Now the anecdotal experience of everybody is matching up with the empirical data. The data. This mm-hmm. is just, it's, it is literally psycho. And I forgot who said it, but it's, apparently the Republican Party is like one of the only political parties in the entire world that still denies climate change. Like there are conservatives in other countries who are like, well, yeah, of course climate change is happening. So I, I mean, that's just, if I'm the Democrats, I put that in like every ad from now until the end of time that they get asked a question and no, and one person barely raised their hand and the rest of them are sitting there pretending like climate change isn't real. Um, I, so I viewed DeSantis's pivot as not at all artful, incredibly clunky. Um, I thought it was one of his worst moments, to be honest. It's one thing to dodge artfully. It's another thing to just totally, like, you just made a fool of yourself there. Like, you're trying, oh, I'm fighting DeSantis. But it's like, and he, I think even Vivek chimes in and he's like, are you going to answer the question? Right. Are you going to answer the question? Yeah. And so- that I thought was a good moment from him. Right. Um, and then, so, you know, watching back, this is now the third time I've seen the thing that uh, Vivek said on climate change. Oh, the, you know, the agenda is a hoax or whatever. Uh, I don't I actually don't know if the audience is booing that or it's the thing he said right before it, which is I'm the only one on this stage that's not bought and paid for. Because mm-hmm. like you said, there's donors in the audience and maybe they were the ones who were like, boo. Well, and also maybe they just felt it was a little too mean. Like if you're someone right, and that who. Happened to Trump. When Trump said that in 2016, the same thing happened. They booed him. Exactly. But it worked. But it, worked. it worked with the, for sure. It worked with the yes. electorate. And, and that's, I, that may be the case because if you're in that room and you like you know, Ron DeSantis or you like Tim Scott and you think they're nice people. Like you, most Republicans have generally positive impressions of a number of those people that are on the right. stage. Yeah, exactly. So they may have just in that room felt like it was too mean of yeah, a thing to say. But the so it might be that. But the other thing I noticed is after he says it, the the climate, you know, climate change agenda is a hoax. The boos sort of get louder and longer. So I don't know if they're really booing that. Mm-hmm. It seems like maybe they're booing that, but it also seems like maybe they're reacting to the bought and paid for comment. But uh, 
the the final thing that happened, which we haven't addressed yet, is the Christie saying. Yeah, ChatGPT. I thought that was a great line, and it got a big reaction. That was one. That was probably, I think, Chris Christie's best moment, um, because it had that quality of like, even if people in the audience didn't want to laugh, they'd laugh. It was like involuntary because it was unexpected and it was funny and it landed. Um, I don't, you know, the the Barack Obama part. Even though Republicans hate Obama, they also envy the talent of like they want their own Obama. They want their own like inspirational story and the hope and change and that whole vibe. So I think it was very intentional that Vivek in his opening comments where he described himself as like a skinny guy with a funny name or whatever in Echoes of a I think that was very intentional choice. Oh, of course it was. Because he wants to be like the Trump, I mean, the, yeah, the Trump Republican version of Obama. So for Christie to echo that, I'm not sure that it really was effective. And then I thought Vivek, you know, gave it back almost as good as he got, where he's like, yeah, you're going to help him, help couldn't me win too. Well. That's the problem. You but couldn't he, hear but it he as didn't well. get like owned by it. It wasn't a Marco Rubio moment. Mm-hmm. I do think it was Christie's probably best because he got that involuntary response, but I thought Vivek handled it fine and it didn't really damage him. Slight disagreement. I agree. It's not as bad as what Christie did to Marco Rubio. He basically murdered him live on TV. Uh, it's not that bad, but the thing I noticed is that Yeah, like Vivek's comebacks were not bad. They were actually like, if you write it down and show somebody, it's like those are solid comebacks. But they, he didn't land the lines properly or at the right time, so the timing was off, and you could tell that it didn't really register with the audience. Hmm. That was the biggest issue with that. Um, But yeah, that was chaos. I enjoyed every moment of it. So now we're not done with the chaos yet. So now we get to uh, Vivek Ramaswamy and Chris Christie go at it even harder. Watch this. If Former President Trump is convicted in a court of law. Would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. Just hold on. So just to be clear, Governor Christie, you were kind of late to the game there, but no, you raised your hand. No, I'm doing this. Look, look, I'm doing this. And I know this. you didn't. Whoa, whoa, no, come. What's and the look, what, what, look, here's the here's the bottom line. Someone's got to stop normalizing this conduct. Okay? Now and now whether or not whether or not you believe that the criminal charges are right or wrong, the conduct is beneath the office of President of the United States. You know, this is the great thing about this country. Booing is allowed, but it doesn't change the truth. It doesn't change the truth. Mr. Ramaswamy, you raised your hand supporting. I'd like to get in and respond. Let's just speak the truth, okay? President Trump, I believe, was the best president of the 21st century. It's a fact. And Chris Christie, Honest to God, your claim that Donald Trump is motivated by vengeance and grievance would be a lot more credible if your entire campaign were not based on vengeance and grievance against one man. And if people at home want to see a bunch of people blindly bashing Donald Trump without an iota of vision for this country, they could just change the channel to MSNBC right now. But I'm not running for president of MSNBC. 
I am running for president of the United States. We're skating on thin ice, and we cannot set a precedent where the party in power uses police force to indict its political opponents. It is wrong. We have to end the weaponization of justice in this country. 30 seconds, Governor DeSantis. You know, let me take no, no, I'm sorry. 30 you, seconds, Governor You make me laugh because go, you, go sit, you, sit, you sit here in an answer. You sit here in an answer. Right? You sit here in an answer. Go ahead, Governor Christie. Hold on, Governor Christie. Hold on. Well, so listen, the more time we spend doing this, the less time they can talk about issues you want to talk about. So let's just get through this section. Governor Christie. All right, so the fact of the matter there is Vivek won that exchange handily yeah. okay but Which i sucks i mean obviously yeah on like he's terrible but yes i want to give christy a lot of credit he's in a room full of snakes he's at like everybody around him doesn't agree except maybe asa like half agrees with him <laughs> everybody on stage disagrees everybody in the audience seemingly disagrees and to go into the lion's den and really be like no you're wrong i i respect that but i will say i also think his argument was kind of weak he soft pedaled a lot more than he normally does like he said um he said, we need to stop normalizing this conduct. Whatever you think of the charges, like this conduct is like not presidential. He said something like that. And it's like, nah, man, this isn't about conduct. This is about being a criminal. There's 91 criminal charges against Trump. Right. And the point I've made over and over is I haven't seen a single Republican who defends Trump go charge for charge. Here's why this one is BS. Here's why this one is BS. Here's why this one is BS. I can explain to you why all of them are BS. A reasonable conservative might be able to say, yeah, you know, I looked through all the charges. Okay. I think some of them are nonsense. I could explain that. But I found eight of them I think are legit. Like, that's a serious person going through it and saying, I have some slight disagreements. To hand wave away the 91 crimes and not give any specifics on any of the charges yeah. strikes me as, honestly, stupid. Like, it is idiotic. It is yeah. really, really dumb. So I give him credit for standing up in the line stand. But honestly, this was, I think, one of Christie's worse exchanges in, t in terms of it didn't land and he sort of soft pedaled it. And he left the door open for Vivek to be like, I will coddle Trump's balls. I will massage them gently every night. Right. But it was like, massage Trump's balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coddle his balls. Yeah. <laughs> the crowd went wild for that, for it sure. Did. No, I, I agree. I mean, listen, even with just what Chris Christie said, where he's trying to be a little bit like, well, I don't know about the charges, but the mm -hmm, conduct, whatever. Mm -hmm. They still hated him. Yeah. They still not, booed yeah. him. So you may as well at least have the like alpha energy of Correct. telling it like you really think it. And we've seen him do that on the trail. So I don't know why there was a decision to like strategically pull back in that moment because I think it was foolish. Look, if you're going to make that play, if you're going to stand up for the thing that you know is going to be wildly unpopular, go all the way in and at least look like you have character and spine and like you're a fighter while doing it because, yeah, and then, you know, that's where I talked about, I think there was a tactical error because that's where he made this comment about like, you can boo, but you know, it doesn't change the truth. And then just when he tries I to say anything, but when he tries to say anything after that, they're just like, oh, you said we could boo. So we're gonna boo like crazy. That throws him off in terms of whatever response he was gonna have to Vivek there and none of it lands. Vivek completely, you know, completely got the better of him and yeah. the upper hand in that exchange. So we have a slight disagreement on that one. I actually like the boo line. I think that shows like, I don't, I don't give a fuck how you react to this. I'm right. 
Like, you can't boo me. I'm right. Or why are you booing? I'm right. So I like that line. I didn't like the one before that was soft pedaling it way too the much. The conduct. Yeah. I will say he did have moments on this issue, though, where I thought he did a better job. Mm. There was one moment where he chimed in when everybody was sort of like dancing around the, hey, did Pence do the right thing by not doing a coup? Yeah, and he was did like, do a better uh, job on that. Uh, scared of my shadow. And Christy, you know, basically comes in like a bull in a china shop and he's like, excuse me. We should all be thanking this man because he stood by the Constitution over Donald Trump, and that took a lot of courage. So and he deserves our thanks. And I think that, because then even when he did that, which was a much stronger reaction, you even heard in the audience then, it was like, all right, yeah. right on this one. Well, and that was in direct reaction to Ron DeSantis being like, yeah, Mike did a fine job. <laughs> right. And that's yeah, when yeah, Christy yeah, jumps right. in and is like, excuse me, but we owe right. him more than sort of like, mm -hmm. you know, casual. I can't remember the word he used, but tepid like support or tepid like support. That. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And he, he gave a really fulsome, which also made him look, um, I don't want to say big because of the like whatever, but it looked made him look like the grown up in the it room. Bulbous. <laughs> because you've got Mike Pence there, he's one of your competitors, and he went, you know, really in a very um, classy way and vociferously defended and praised Mike Pence. And I just I felt like that was a good look. And you're right, even in a room that was probably kind of hostile to that view, they were like, they were like, he's right. Yeah, that is kind of that was classy, and it was a nice, it was a good moment for him. It was one of his best moments. And I think ultimately, correct me if I'm wrong on this, didn't basically everybody except maybe Vivek say, yeah, he did the right thing, Pence did the right thing. Tim Scott said yes. Nikki Haley said yes. DeSantis after I don't know dodging that, said yes. I don't know that everybody responded, but yes. I mean, DeSantis really tried to wiggle out of the question, right. which you thought he did a fine job with. I thought it when was he politician and Weasley. It, I thought it was good. The two dodges I didn't like, but then when he actually answered, I was like, oh, that's a good answer. Yeah, but um, I I think everybody else when they answer, I don't remember what Vivek said on Yeah, I don't issue. think, I think he was like hiding under the podium. Did he not respond on this I, one? I kind of feel like I he don't got remember out him it. saying anything on it because that would be the one thing which could have been a sticking point to nail Vivek with, but nobody really did it. You know what yeah. I mean? So anyway, all right, so we got one more video that I want to share with you. Okay. We're coming back to the theme of heated debate. This time it involves Nikki Haley and Vivek. Watch this. Governor Haley, um, you did not raise your hand, meaning that you would support more funding for the Ukraine war. You have uh, said of Governor DeSantis that um, you didn't appreciate it when he initially called it a territorial dispute. Why? First of all, the American president needs to have moral clarity. They need to know the difference between right and wrong. They need to know the difference between good and evil. Right. When you look at the situation with Russia and Ukraine, here you have a pro-American country that was invaded by a thug. So when you want to talk about what has been given to Ukraine, less than three and a half percent of our defense budget has been given to Ukraine. If you look at the percentages per GDP, 11 of the European countries have given more than the U.S. But what's really important is go back to when China and Russia held hands, shook hands before the Olympics and named themselves unlimited partners. A win for Russia is a win for China. We have to know that. Ukraine is the first line of defense for us. And the problem that Vivek doesn't understand is he wants wants to hand Ukraine to Russia. He wants to right. let China eat Taiwan. He wants to go and stop funding Israel. You don't False. do that to friends. What you do False. instead is you have the backs of your friends. Ukraine is a front line of defense. Putin has said, if Russia, once Russia takes Ukraine, Poland and the Baltics are next. That's a world war. We're trying to prevent war. Look at what Putin did today. He killed Pergozin. 
When I was at the UN, the Russian ambassador suddenly died. This guy is a murderer, and you are choosing a murderer over, over a pro-American country. First of all, first of all, first of all, Mr. Ramaswamy, you have 30 seconds. Mr. DeSant, you know, Governor Nikki, DeSantis, I wish you well in your future career on the boards of Lockheed and Raytheon. You know, I'm not on but the, the fact of the matter, Boeing came off of it, but you've been pushing this lie. You've been pushing this lie all week, Nikki. You want to go and defund Israel? You want to Okay, let me address that. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to address each of those right now. This is the false lies of a professional politician. There you have it. So you the reality make America is, less safe. you have no foreign me, policy experience, and it shows. And you know what? The, the foreign policy experience that you all have shows in the pointless wars we've gotten into. I have to address that. So our relationship with Israel will never be stronger than by the end of my first term. But it's not a client relationship. It is a friendship. And you know what friends do? Friends help each other stand on their own two feet. So I will lead Abraham Accords 2.0. I will partner with Israel to make sure Iran never is nuclear armed. But you know what I love about Israel? And I've been there probably in the last 10 years more than most people on this stage. You know what I love about them? I love their border policies. I love their tough on crime policies. I love that they have a national identity and an iron dome to protect their homeland. And so, yes, I want to learn from the friends that we're supporting. And what puzzles no, me the, is, uh, no, I want to learn from those and apply you, those to protect our homeland, that Nikki. Israel that is the answer. Israel needs America. America needs on? Israel. Okay, they Governor DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, you were mentioned. Yeah, so this was the part of the debate where, and this wasn't the beginning of it, but this was like kind of in the middle of it, where uh, for a really long time, I think Vivek was kind of freaking it. And mm -hmm. he was very uh, skillfully able to like deflect. I think like Pence did a pretty poor job going after him and Vivek handled that really well. Um, and even the stuff he said when it wasn't in direct confrontation of people early on in the debate, I thought it landed. He was certainly more charismatic than other people there. Yeah. Um, but then like the second half of the debate, there was a lot of this going on where I think he lost this exchange. Whatever you think on the substance of it, I think yeah. he lost the exchange. And I think the number one reason for that is Nikki Haley is a neocon, no doubt about it. But man, she really believes it. She's really drunk the Kool-Aid and you could tell she's like passionate in thinking that he's dead wrong. Yeah. Now, the other thing is, after she hits him with all these allegations, he kind of semi-concedes a little bit. So she does the whole, like, y you want to stop funding Israel? And he goes, false, false, which is like, that <laughs> just feels to be like, of course I do. And I want to give that money to Compton. You know what I mean? Like, right. you hit him with something like that, which he was doing earlier in the debate. But it's almost like the attacks were so relentless by this point that he started, like, like meeting people halfway. He had that one good line about, you're, you know, you're on the board of Raytheon or, or and Lockheed Raytheon Martin and Lockheed or Martin or whatever, which I think was a good line. It wasn't delivered perfectly, but it was still a good line. Um, and then he goes on, like responding to the attack, our relationship with Israel will never be stronger than in my first term, and I'll make sure Iran isn't nuclear armed. And I love Israel's ethno state. It's phenomenal. Right. right, then he's like, you know what I love about Israel? The apartheid. And right, the, like, exactly. <laughs> like horrific treatment of Palestinians, basically. Um, yeah, I, okay, so I agree on this exchange. I thought this is his weakest moment. I thought Nikki Haley, this is why I think she'll go up in the polls. This is part of why I think she'll get another look from donors. She was strong. Because she handled him better than anyone else did in the whole time. No doubt. And she basically had a moment of like, I'm not standing by and putting up with your bullshit anymore. Yep. Like You've been nasty to everyone on the stage. I'm not on those boards. Here's what I think. And again, yeah, she's a neocon, but she's a true believer. It comes off as very forceful. And her views... 
the Republican base very mixed on Ukraine. Like yes, if you had to poll, the majority are more with Vivek on Ukraine, but it's mixed. And there's also a healthy dose that don't really know what they think. And they're just looking for whoever like makes the best case in that moment. So I definitely think she won that exchange. I think she bodied him. He tried to come in and she continued to hit him. It worked very well. Um, but in my opinion, this was the, it's not like there were like a bunch of exchanges like this for Vivek, which is why we have a difference of opinion. You sort of feel like the whole second half of the debate yeah, I didn't was like this for him. In the second half for I, I really feel like this, this particular moment kind of stood out as one of his weaker moments and definitely as Nikki Haley's strongest moment. Look, the reason why I think in the second half of the debate, he kind of flailed and ultimately like got beat down is because for a while he was really hanging in there and responding to every attack in a proficient way. And then like, you get the sense that if this was Trump in this exchange, he would have gotten the last word and it would have been like a definitive Less, like Nikki Haley is disgusting. She's a liar. Nobody likes her. She's terrible. She is taking money from the military industrial company. Like there would have been something instead of like the half concession. Oh, actually, I love Israel. And instead of like sort of shrinking in the moment, Trump like goes over the top because he's like outraged yeah. that anybody would disagree with him. I mean, him. Vivek is not Trump. I know he has. Yeah. And, and in a weird <laughs> way, it's to give him credit. Like he has more human shame. And so it's like, you know, after a while, it's like, okay, I'll half agree and then try to like move on. And it's like, that's not what the big guy does. Well, I also, Vivek is also, oh, we've seen this already. He's a shapeshifter. I mean, Absolutely. he is like Pete. He is like Pete in that he's he's looking out to see, okay, what what is the like energy in the Republican base right now? So he launches his campaign. This is another thing we haven't talked about, like wokeness or anti-wokeness. Didn't come up at all. Not at all. In the whole debate when Ron DeSantis and Vivek launched their campaigns as like, I am the anti-wokeness candidate. And he read the room, realized that even the online energy around this has massively dissipated. I'm going to shift. I'm going to talk about other things. He like trotted out this American revolution versus incrementalism thing. This is like the new thing he's leaning into, Vivek. And so I really think kind of in real time, as he sees that what Nikki is selling, the crowd is really buying and eating up. So that's why in that moment, he's adjusting in real time of like, oh, shit, they're actually really on her side in terms of this. I better kind of moderate my stance yes. on yeah. Israel and like give them at least something because this is not going well. Whereas what Trump does is he plows through it. He's like, no, yeah. I'm going to change your mind. I'm going to triple down on what I'm saying. Yeah. And that works because here's the thing. Ultimately, like a lot of this stuff is is strength. Do you come across as strong? Do well, you come because, across as like a leader? Right. How many Republican voters are really making up their mind for their presidential candidate based on the like percent of aid we're giving to Israel? It's small. Yeah, exactly. And so exactly. if you just are like the guy who's going to sell your position, whatever the hell your position is, yes. even if it's divisive, even if it gets booze at the time and you're just standing there and you're unafraid of taking it, yeah, then what do you come off as? You come off as strong. You come off as a oh, leader. you're not you're not you're a leader. You're not just like reading off your consultant talking points. You're yeah. actually saying what you think. That's why Republican voters still say, "Oh, this guy tells me the truth more than anyone else, more than my friends and family, right. more than my religious leaders because he is willing to say something that feels wildly unpopular in the moment, but ultimately, you know, brings a lot of people around to him, to his point of view, on his side of the aisle. So, yeah, Vivek doesn't fully have that quality in him, clearly. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, so anyway, look, that that's all we got. You got any final thoughts for everybody on the debate? Um, like I said, I would be I would not be surprised if Trump decides to come to the next one. I hope he does. Which I hope he does. Yeah. And I mean, this was interesting to watch some of the Republican conflicts, especially on how they'd handle abortion. That was another interesting. Oh, exchange. yeah, that was a good that was a good. Exchange. That was another interesting exchange with Mike Pence really fully occupying the, by far. the space of like, I will be the pro-life evangelical candidate. Tim Scott kind of trying to be in the same place, but not doing as an effective or forceful job. Nikki Haley had, I thought, another good moment there. Which Phenomenal she, on abortion. That's, she was trying yeah. to come off as like, I'm I'm pro-life, but I'm, I'm going to be pragmatic idiot. about yeah. it. And mm -hmm. we're not going to go after women and whatever. I thought she handled that well and is a difficult issue. And, you know, in that instance, I think being a woman serves her as well. Um, so you saw some of those intra-Republican divides, but obviously it just would be, you know, an even wilder, bigger, more interesting show if Trump was there on the stage. Yeah, I, I just want to buttress your point on the Nikki Haley thing regarding abortion, because that was, especially when I watched it back the second time. Yeah. She, I think she obliterated everybody. Like Mike Pence went in there and he's, I'm the fundamentalist Christian. I'm super far right, you know, basically like pro-life from the moment of conception. And we need to make laws at the national level to protect life. We could just start the conversation in 15 weeks, but really uh, he want, would probably want to ban it from the moment of conception. And he would want to do that federally. And everybody else was trying to split the difference a little bit. You know, like you said, Tim Scott tried to sound like Mike Pence while also saying, uh, you know, well, kind of leave it to the states, but also we could do 15 weeks, but like no earlier than that kind of thing at the yeah. federal level. DeSantis tried to do the same, a similar DeSantis thing on abortion. DeSantis was uncomfortable on this Nikki one. Haley was the one who came in super aggressive, super confident, and she said, I'm pro-life, but at, at a national level, no, this is a state's issue. And she gave the, all the pragmatic reasons for it. You know, Republicans losing all over the place and they're losing a lot based on this issue. We need to make sure we're not talking about locking up women for something like this. And she went through the whole list and she delivered it in a way where, in my mind, I'm going, this is okay with the base and it would be great for a general election. And in the room, she won the audience. So Absolutely. they were behind her. Absolutely. And I was, you know, it was uh, it was this very like moderate sounding pragmatic. But strong, but strong. Too. Yes. Like, and delivered strong. The, the room was really kind of with her on it. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was an impressive moment for her. So and then uh, so then we just we just come full circle. I think we have an agreement that Vivek's going to go up in the polls. Yeah. Um, I guess our disagreement is. I think DeSantis goes down. You think? Oh, he no, no, no. Goes I definitely up. think DeSantis goes up. Yeah, I but think I DeSantis think goes up. I think Haley goes up. I think Vivek goes up. Uh, I think mostly everybody else had mid performances except Asa and Burgum, who. Yeah, but they can't went go down. any further down. Well, they're at like point two, point three, so they'll be a zero. <laughs> they'll be yeah. a zero. I, the the big one to watch is does does Trump's lead come down at all? I think I, a few and I points. Think it will a little bit. I yeah, do too. Not a lot, I but a, a little points. bit. Two, three, four, think, five. Maybe. I think Vivek and maybe Nikki eat into his lead by a little bit. Um, but I don't, you know, I'm, I don't want to like pretend it's a game changer and this is going to completely shift the trajectory or whatever. But, um, but you know, th they did give Republicans an opportunity to imagine what would it be like if we didn't have Donald Trump. And it's still very Trumpy, isn't it? <laughs> it's still very Trumpy. And I, listen, I'm not a Republican primary voter, so I can only so much put myself in their shoes because mostly I was just like appalled by everything oh that I heard on the stage Dude. last night. Oh, but I think yeah. if you are a Republican primary voter, you probably saw somebody up there that you were like, oh, I really like that. I really thought they did a good job. They nailed that answer or whatever. So, um, you know, from that perspective, I do think Trump made a mistake. It was Doug Burgum who hit it out of the park.
the pocket constitution. You can't lose. And the, per, and the Percocets. He's like, I hit it out of the park, too. Doug Burgum closed with, like, something talking about, like, riding on horseback or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh. Man. I, you know, it's so adorable, though. They really are stuck in 1989. Like, we're from North Dakota. In North Dakota, they are in 1989 right now. I mean, Asa Hutchinson and Doug Burgum both came into the studio and sat for interviews on Breaking Points. We were not easy on them. And so I appreciate that they were willing to do that. Vivek also sat for an interview with us where we, you know, mix it up on climate change and all kinds of other things. So um, I just I wish more candidates would do that because I enjoy that very much. But respect to them for at least being willing to you like know, I engage said, in I'm, go I'm going hard on them, but they're adorable. Like they really think like I could win this. And it's like, oh, so cute. They need someone in their lives, their lives to tell them, that, no, you can't. <laughs> they really do. Like Connor they, Roy. They need, like Snoop Dogg said one time, you need a strong black woman in your life. <laughs> I don't think either one of those has. No, they can't. <laughs> they definitely they don't they have a strong black that. woman they in their life. They can't do with that. All right. Now we've all that, guys. That's our breakdown of the debate. Um, everybody, if you haven't yet, this is a this is like a special edition of Crystal Kyle and Friends where we're doing our, our debate breakdown. This one is not going to be paywalled. Uh, remember, guys, you can get every single debate we have, every single interview we do, every single full show. You can get it if you sign up on Substack. $5 a month gets you the video of every show, and it gets it to you a day early. Everybody else, it's okay. If you don't want to pay the $5, you can still sign up for free on Substack. Then you get the audio podcast version put right to your email box a day later, usually on Saturdays. But this is like a one-time thing for the debate yep. breakdown that you know we, we got rid of the paywall. But uh, please consider supporting the show because Crystal and I have never had a conversation with any advertisers at all. We don't do any ad reads. There's no corporate nonsense involved over here. It's just her and me doing our thing, and you guys fund it five bucks at a time. So please consider supporting if you haven't yet. Uh, and having said all that, we'll see you guys soon. Everybody have a great rest of your day.